Hello, good people. Welcome to The Chris Stefanik Show, the show that helps you find the joy that God made you for in the midst of everyday life. Don't miss us every week as we dive into real issues with real people and answer real questions. God bless you. My brother and sister, it's so good to be with you right now. You know, this is kind of a, of a side thing for me. My main job is that I'm a charismatic evangelist. What is that? I, I, I do events where I focus on the core message of the gospel, that there's a God, that he loves us, that he calls us to a relationship with himself, and they have to make a decision for Jesus. That's the, the charisma. We'll do that in some other show. One of the biggest obstacles I have, and that I think most people who are in full-time ministry have right now, is that the middle ground is gone. That there's no ability to even start conversations so that, you know, unless someone's already really open to Christianity, you could bring the best news in history to, the, to, to that person, but their ears are going to be shut. They're going to presume that they've got you figured out, that you're a, a hateful bigot or whatever, and they're not going to be open to the best news ever coming from you. Because they presume that they know who you are already and they're writing you off. It's kind of like if, if, if I came to someone with the best news ever or a coherent case to make about how to live the life I'm living, but I'm dressed in a Nazi outfit. You shouldn't listen to me, all right? But there's so many people who presume that as soon as I open my mouth and say Christian, oh, hateful, bigoted, uh, colonialist, no, no thanks, the conversation's over. Guys, we need to rebuild that, that ground, that, that place where people start to encounter Christians and say, ah, those people are, aren't jerks. Huh. They love me. There's joy in, in that person's heart. And I, I'm so stoked by my, my guest today, one of my best friends ever, and he's a master at doing this, my friend Andrew Whaley. Thanks for being with us. Andrew Whaley, I love you, man. I love you too, man. Really, I love you. I, I say that to all the people who are on my show, but I actually love you. <laughs> no, no, I know. I know you love me, man. I, I, I like you pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You're okay. You're okay. I love, I, and I love your calling in life. Yeah. All right? Um, a lot of people have asked me, like, how do I do what you do? And I think, would that you would ask Whaley how he does what he does? You know, I have a, I have a phone. They could just call me. They could just you, call me. You have Whaley. my number. That's yeah. it, man. You, you could tell them. No, because you, you have a particular calling. Yeah. Um, where you're not just, I mean, there's only so much, frankly, space for people to, to be a charismatic evangelist and start right. preaching the gospel. And if everybody did that, the kingdom of God would stop growing. Mm -hmm. But especially right now, I'd love to see more and more people get passionate about, let me go out and just meet people, mm -hmm. love on them, and just by who I am to rebrand Catholicism into something that maybe people would be open to. Uh, by the way, you can interrupt our, phone, uh, our conversation anytime. Text your questions to 720 Zero one zero zero. So Whaley, Stefanik, tell us what you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a project called Cat. I set you up. You did I, set. I, me I really up. set you up big time. You did set me up. Um, I have a project called Calyx. It's Latin for cup, and uh, we um, we've been functioning as a consulting firm for the most part. We're kind of making the transition into more of an apostolate now. So we design, build, train, and launch um, hospitality spaces primarily cafes and other types of places like that as points of missional engagement between the Catholic Church and the deeply, deeply unchurched or even full-on pagan. Okay. Right. And so we, and the way that I would describe that is it's, these are Catholic spaces, but they're not for us. They're for the other. They're, they're that, they're ground, they're a ground that we can face out where we can build common ground that you were talking about in your intro. Yeah. And so it's like, um, there's a the the the, the apostolate um, Alpha. I steal yeah. I stole something from them, and I, I give them credit every time. It's I It's pretty say. cool. Look up Alpha. Yeah. Uh, look up the search before you look up Alpha. I'm just saying. I'm partial. Yeah. 
No, the reason but, I the reason I'm bringing up Alpha is they just have a saying. But they are great. Yeah. They have a saying that they want people to belong, believe, and behave. Yeah. In that order. Mm. Right. So the implication is you have to build something that people can belong to, that they can feel a part of, that they can be at home in, where a relationship can develop when they don't believe yet and when that belief hasn't worked itself out in any kind of change in their behavior. Mm. So I'm trying to get, picture someone, whoever your demographic person is, that would never walk into a church, that person you were describing that thinks that you're a Nazi or whatever because you said Christian. And there's a lot of people. I mean, that's that's no joke. I'm wanting Catholics to build a space and inhabit that space, that that person that thinks that, it feels perfectly at home five days a week. So basically what you're saying is build coffee shops, put religious imagery everywhere, and call it higher ground cafe. Exactly, yeah. No, for the love of well, God, no. No, actually, give, give me some bad names of coffee shops, and if you have one with one of those names, uh, no <sighs> okay, offense. Okay, look, I, 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 I always jokingly, yeah, <laughs> higher grounds or sacred grounds or holy grounds is like the one that every, over half of Christian coffee houses in the history of the church have been called. But, <laughs> it's cute, okay, don't but, get me wrong. But, it's, it's cute, especially if you're not even pretending. And I'm a master of the dad yeah. joke and the pun, but stop making puns yeah, for your yeah. titles. Well, the one that I always joke about that I have to, I, I'm scared to use it because someone's going to use it, is Immaculate. <laughs> so, oh, it's so cool, it's Immaculate. <laughs> this is what I get every day. This is, this is my life. And I, you can do pickup lines there. I love your scapular brown eyes. Right. Hey, do you need light <laughs> for this Voda candle? You know? <laughs> you hate the culture of death. I hate the culture of death. <laughs> you hate the culture of death too? Wow. I'm, I'm totally um, against the board. No, but the, um, there's something, uh, I mean, you, there's no... Need and to 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 over, but look. If you're in a church, I want a sacred imagery everywhere, right? Right. But that that middle ground where we're meeting people, um, you know, I I, I think of like to, if you have people see God in a mountain, you don't have to carve John three sixteen in the side of the mountain. Well, let's yeah. Like let's, there's something sacred about the mountain, and there's something sacred right. in its own way about creating spaces where people can meet. Well, you're Christian. creating a space where shared goods can kind of form a ground where you can kind of slowly over time organically earn the right to be heard, and build relationship and community. One of our principles, hands down, is that the, any real evangelization, especially any discipleship, the, the precursor for that, the normal context for that is to be in relationship, in community with that person. I can remember saying that to you and you saying, yeah, I mean, okay, right, you might just find my video on YouTube or someplace just randomly, right. but that's not what it's for. It's for something to be presented inside of a relationship. So that's what we're trying yeah. to do is we're trying to, and let me, let me, let me bring this home. So, you know, you build a demographic profile, different like advertisers or whatever. Yeah. Um, I've got a demographic profile. I give her different names. You know, let's just call her Susan or let's call her like Monica or let's right, call right. her, you know, Tammy. Right. Um, and she's a 26 year old female graphic designer. She has disposable income, so she doesn't need your corporal works of mercy. Mm-hmm. Okay, she considers, she considers herself bisexual, though she's never been in a relationship, a same sex relationship. But she wants to be a good ally to her brother, who, and she hasn't been to mass since her parents threw her brother out when he came out. And she's in the middle of all of her tattoos, she's got a tiny coat hanger to remind her that abortion saved her life when she got knocked up at 14. So this is not the kind of person I I hang out with. Right, I want you to build, I want Catholics to build a space where she feels at home and loved five days a week. So you can't (laughs) call it Immaculate, you can't cover it with a bunch of pictures of saints, you can't hand out a Scott Hahn book and a rosary with every latte. 
You can't do that. She'll come once. I think sometimes we we get aggressive in in going there prematurely. Right. We answer questions to people that people don't yet have. <laughs> you know, like the question, "What's wrong with this coat hanger on my arm?" She's not asking that yet. Right. Uh, but but we we go there prematurely because we don't like that person, frankly. Right. And the the Lord says, "Love your enemies." We don't even love people who are just hanging around, passing by us. And it's, right. it's easy for us to, to give into that whole cancel culture thing ourselves. Right. You see that person, I got them figured out. I, I frankly don't want them near my kids. Uh, but it, it is tricky, because I, I don't want to hang out with that person, but we have to. I mean, you, but you, you have, can't you have evangelize to unless you, you find a way to. You have to more than want to hang out with them. You have to long for them with the longing and the love of Christ. Mm. I mean, Christ, Christ says, as the Father sent me, so I sent you. Mm. Well, how did the Father send the Son? Let's go look. Oh, St. Paul tells us, while we were yet sinners, Christ died mm. for us. So we're called not to just hang out with them. We're called to day in, day out, in, out lo, lay down our life for them while they're still who they are. Amen. Okay, someone texted in the question, uh, what website do you go to to find out about what you do? Uh, calix.org. How do you spell calix? C-A-L-I-X. Dot org. Okay. And you brought the question, you brought this, the statement up. You'll see eight principles on my website. And one of them is never answer unasked questions. That's brilliant. It's, it's Reinhold, Reinhold Niebuhr, Jazani quoting Reinhold Niebuhr, says that um, there's you, nothing you're more. You're a total nerd, just the fact that you said that just now. Yeah. And it's he, awesome. He says word. there's nothing more shocking in this world than an answer to an unasked question. Hmm. So it's like, well, how do you get the question, right? Well, I mean, that's another. You have to live in a way, in that relationship, in a way that that longing and that wonder yeah. evokes that question. But that can take six months to two years of just pulling shots. And I mean, I mean, we're sitting here at the Augustine Institute. I did this upstairs when we built the shop. There are people yeah. here that we literally pulled shots for and just talked about everything from Play-Doh to pop music Man. for two and a half years to earn the right for a real conversation. Like in the Old Testament, waiting for Rebecca was like seven years. And yeah, waiting exactly. To, and, and, and the people who are lost are the beloved of God. Sometimes that's right. worth waiting seven years for. But we don't have the patience that God had with us. Right, right? no, no. We come to the Lord and it's like, why isn't everybody here? It's like, dude, you weren't there last week. You know, and I tell you what, one thing is like, I think that the 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 um the patron saint of coffee house owners they named the shop over in Dr Boulder. Drago. Uh, saint Drogo, right? Saint Drogo. And, and, and he- Sorry, um, wrong, sh wrong show. Not Drago, Drogo. Yeah, St. Drogo. And, <laughs> and, and that guy, he's also the patron saint of ugly people, which says a lot. Um, but you're, a handsome, you're a handsome man. But, um, and so they, um, he was walled up, like in a wall, and they had like a little counter that you would wow. come up to and people would get direction from him, right? And I think that's why, because when you're, when you're, you own a coffee house or you're working yeah. as a barista like that and you're, you're the person that runs the project, you're kind of an anchorite in that way. You're just always Define there. anchorite. You're someone who just stays in one place and people can come to you and like God, you're always there when they're ready to come. Wow. And you're just, you're, you're externalizing and you're embodying, you're incarnating that mm. patience mm. with, in the concept of artists and craft and hospitality, you're just there when they're ready. Yes. And, um, okay, I'm going to hop to uh, exactly like so, some projects you've done that express this Catholic ideal of hospitality in, in tangible ways in a coffee shop. What makes a Catholic coffee shop different? But first, question just popped in. Is it important for the coffee and the food? You don't have to look, buddy. I got you covered. I'm sorry. Is it important for the coffee and food to actually be good, or is it only important for it to be a place to hang out? 
No, it's just it's horrible coffee. Just no, just no. It, it has to be. Craft is a form of beauty. The true, mm -hmm. the good, and the beautiful. These transcendental, transcendentals. There's I a think it was good beer that kept a lot of. You're the, a Catholic. There's a reason why the monks make good beer. There's a reason why Burgundy is the best wine on planet Earth. Yep. And there's a reason why beer all traces the, the great beer traces back to Belgium. It's monks, mostly Cistercian monks and Benedictine monks. Perfecting craft. Just aura et labora. Prayer yeah. and work, they spend in their entire life in prayer and their work that is a form of prayer is just slowly documenting which clone of Pinot Noir grows best mm. on this hillside with this san this sandy soil or whatever, this limestone. Isn't it beautiful Taking that people- Taking that seriously. Yeah, that people who were so otherworldly, like monks, like this is someone who's like, I've right. turned my back in the world, would devote themselves with such love to finding the perfect the perfect mix of hops and yeast and the perfect vine right. and, and, and grapes. Isn't that, isn't that, it's that incarnating kinda, kinda beauty. Paradoxical, it, yeah? It's incarnating beauty. It's incarnating these ideas. It's being present. God, was per, God mm. the Logos was perfectly fine sitting at the right hand of the Father in the Trinity from eternity, and he came down and walked around wearing sandals on a dusty road and ate fish on the side of a lake. Why? Because that's worthwhile. It's created. It's good. Mm. So we should just embrace that. So yeah, but the way you source, where are you buying your coffee at? Was someone in near slavery to grow that coffee? Mm. Where are you getting your food at? Is it local? Were the people paid a just wage? If we compared your sourcing to Catholic social doctrine, does it match up? Yeah. Those are all shared goods I know, man. that could be that we're so bad at it that they don't associate it with us. That right, we right. could actually do it. We, they love that. We actually were leading the way with that kind of thing. We used to. <laughs> yeah, and it was, now it was a really do, cool part of our We witness. just argue about the culture war all the yeah, time. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Instead but, of just making that middle ground where people might actually like us again. I, I've often said that that friendship is the ordinary forum for evangelization. Yeah. And hearing you talk a, a, a minute ago, I was thinking, maybe I stole that line from Whaley. You did I, I steal that. I probably did. You did uh, steal that. I'm going to go ahead and just reattribute it to you right now, even if I didn't. No, I know I you did. I, I remember did. you telling me. I remember telling you that. Um, well, uh, you know, and I, so I think, what, and people say, okay, how does this work? Yeah, yeah. And what is a Catholic coffee? Like, you, one of the things that you do with Calix, you're, you get hired out, you go to a church, a parish, you help build their coffee shop as a meeting space, between, as, a, as the true narthex, right? This is where the world might interact. Right. Parishes, it, um, parishes, campus ministries. Um, yeah, what's it look academic like from academic institutions from the door to the counter to the behind the counter? What's different? Okay, if, if well, not across behind you. Okay, so before that, before that, I'd say, quite frankly, I have been trying for ten years to get people to build shops apart from that context, but everyone wants to build it at the at property the, at they the property, own. Yeah. Right, but I would love to see you buy the old hardware store across the street from the shop, yeah. brand it something that doesn't scream that we're trying to get you to tr tr make right, you think like right. us. And but there's some that actually, like that you worked in a place in Santa Cruz that is on the church grounds. Yeah. And I got I got to brag on something cool that you that you did there. Uh, the, the surfers come in, right, and you planted a bunch of succulents and put hangers above the no, succulents. No, we didn't do that. We have did an idea. We talked about doing that. Okay. That may happen at some point. It's got to yeah. happen, dude. 
Yeah, it's we so wanted, cool. We wanted to do outdoor right? showers and stuff. Yeah, and to, to hang the, the surfers' gear over the the succulents so that they can water. Yeah, the it was a shrine and coffee. Yeah, shrine I, coffee. And, yeah. I, and I'm not going to take major credit for shrine coffee yeah. because it was a really amazing partnership with Fuse Architecture and with Zach Meskey Construction. That's fine, but I'm giving you and, credit, and, so, and they consume. And it. we kidding. we but we created a beautiful <laughs> space right across the street from Steamers Lane at the Shrine of Saint Joseph, yeah. and and we put in. Oh, here's a big. That beautiful uh, fireplace. Why? They've just been surfing in cold water with sharks. What looks like love to them? Mm. A coffee and a place to get warm, right? Look at um, Wyoming Catholic, right? Crux Coffee. Yeah, you you uh, we you built a shop the up there. Now that I've heard that, they right? took this down, I haven't been back, but I went up there. Here's a sh- here's a here's a graduate here's a here's a school, a Catholic great book school with an outdoor leadership program. So they backpack, hike, climb, all this stuff is part of their curriculum. They're across the street from the world headquarters of National Outdoor Leadership School, Knowles. So there's these kids that are 15 to 25 coming there, bored to tears, taking these meg classes and acclimating, and this shop space was across the street. I went up and I looked down across the street from one of those dorm rooms, and you could see into the shop through a plate glass window, there's a big blue wall that was just Mm. formed out of the side of the kitchen. I looked at I looked at Rick that was walking me around. I said, "Hey, can we build a climbing wall? Can we build a, a, <laughs> a technical climbing wall like yeah. they do in a gear shop?" Yeah, yeah, we could. So we did. <laughs> so we put a climbing wall in the coffee house. Why? Because the people across the street, and this is a town with a measurable percentage of the people are professional climbers. It's a shared good. That's going to draw them in, right? They're going to go. Oh my gosh, is that a is that a climbing wall in a coffee house? Yeah, dude, let's go. And then they're going to find out. Wait, there's a college I could go to right. that has this thing that I'm paying for as part of the curriculum. Hey, mom, can I go to Catholic school? What got into you? I mean, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's an yeah. incarn, it's an incarnating icon of the shared good between the Catholic vision of reality as incarnated in that place with the people we're trying to reach. Mm. And it knocks down all those the, the barriers, all the, the the fake images that they have of us. Frankly, I mean, right. you don't have to say anything. If they just find out that this is connected somehow with that Catholic college, that yeah. this is connected somehow loosely with that church across the street. Yeah. And this is the best coffee I've ever had, and these people care about me being warm when I come in, or these people want right. to engage me on the, on the climbing wall. They just find that out. Suddenly, well, then, dang, it makes my job easy. It's just, I, show, it, I show up to preach the gospel, and then people are actually open to listening and not thinking right. he's a Nazi and a crazy, you know, right. crazy idea. I mean, I remember, I remember we, we, we opened, uh, so I'd, my, my project designed, built, and launched the shop inside the building that yeah. we're in, right? And I remember there were people coming in right when we opened and they were like looking at us like the lights were on no one's home. Like, you know, if you'd asked them, what's a Catholic? They would have said, a closed-minded patriarchal jerk that wants right. me barefoot and pregnant, chained to a stove and answering to whatever my husband says or whatever. And yeah. then two and a half years later, they're like, hey, so what's a Catholic? They're gonna go, well, really beautiful, mindful people that would put a nice shop with a fireplace in the middle of a bland um, office park <laughs> and that always have something interesting to say when they come yes. in and they make beautiful coffee. Yes. Now that's not them all the way to, oh, well, you know, the the the, the second person, the, the Logos is the second person of Trinity and he was incarnate in the person of Jesus Christ and the, the divine person. You know, it, it's, it's not Belong, that. believe, behave. But before but belong. that's a long way. They don't right. think we're jerks anymore. Before belong is present ourselves as people that you might want to belong with. Right. Right? And that's, 
it's, a, it's a great question that came in. What are some practical ways to treat someone like a person and not like a project when starting evangelization? Oh, man. And, uh, and I, I think this is probably because you've done training with people when you set up these coffee shops. Well, how are you supposed to, what's a Catholic barista look like? Right. Uh, so tell, tell, uh, tell me. Number one would be empathy. Hmm. You're other-centric. You're other-focused. Who is this person? What are, where are they at in their life? What's mm. going on with them? What do they need? You know, we're called to lay down our life. Uh, you know, as I said a while ago, you know, we're lay, lay our lives down for people. But the, and love is a gift of self, right? But wh- how can I give myself in a way that they will understand it as that? How will they let me love them in a way that doesn't look like I'm asserting some kind of ideology? Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's and, and a lot of it is just living with, in that empathy that it anchors that relationship, there's like a, the, the psychologist, there's a Christian psychologist named um, Kurt Thompson, I think his name is, and he's one of my favorite lines. He says, um, we come into the world looking for someone who's looking for us. We come into the world, oh. Like babies are literally scanning, oh, yeah. looking for eyes. Oh, and we, we're like that. When you walk in, That's the Christian you're line. looking for someone who's looking for you. So when you meet them with that outward facing expectation, that empathy, that love, that longing. And the thing about the, the, the key to that question about how to treat someone not as a project is to love them with the love of Christ, to long for them, not as a potential conversion, mm. not as this or that, not another notch on your spiritual belt, but an actual person. Mm. I mean, think about it. Christ knows is someone's going to hell. And he never stops. Hmm. He never stops wanting to be with them and longing for them. So clearly, they're not just, even with Christ, it's not a, just, just nothing but a potential mm-hmm. conversion. He really loves us. Isn't that amazing? And he really wants to be with us. When we are really called to be his body, do that. Mm. <laughs> it's not that hard. It starts with that, that longing. I mean, that's, and I'm, I feel challenged by those words. So thanks for saying them. Yeah. And I, I, I'm remembering one of my dear friends who became a Catholic, and, and I got to be his godfather, and uh, he was baptized, the whole deal. But I was going through the process of checking out the church called RCIA, which I recommend if you're not Catholic and you're interested, look up RCIA. I think it's called OCIA now. Yeah, they changed the, changed the name of it, yeah. Uh, but he, he went through this, this entire process, and then at the end he's like, nah. And then it goes through the second year, and as he's nearing the second year, uh, near the near nearing Easter vigil where he's going to get baptized, mm-hmm. and he still wasn't sure. I'm like, look, I just want you to know, I'm I, I'd love you to be Catholic because I'm your friend. Right. I'm not your friend so that you'll become Catholic. Right. And there's a critical difference there. There's a huge difference. Yeah. You're, we're not. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting for an excuse to write you off and move on because right. you're not fit, playing along with my project. Right. Right. One objectifies the person, really. Right? No, it does. It literally in the name of Christ. It literally the turns them into something other than a person, mm. and that's and that's not what we want. Or right? at worst, we become part of the whole cancel culture we complain about, which is real, right? It's real and it's oppressive, and yet, like, where does it come from? Well, I look inside myself, it's, man. We do it. We do it. I, I yeah. yeah. I'll never forget one time hearing um, the Unabomber, Ted Krasinski. Yeah. Got confession before he died. Wow. And when I heard that, I was angry. Really? I was, I'm, I'm going to mass. I'm like, oh, he got in. And, <laughs> <laughs> well, and, I, uh, and I just felt the Lord say, Chris, I was working Ted's whole life to get him. 
That's rejoice with me, man. That's something that that's something to take to the right. prayer closet. And right. Think about <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Look, I think that you ask what is what makes this a Catholic space. If there's not a crosses on the wall, there's not. We're not yeah. handing out Scott Hahn books. I mean, right. it's not called a maculate. What makes this a Catholic space? And there's a process at the center of this that goes down to this same thing about it being a person, mm. and that is um, one of my principles is uh, principles is uh, to live with an awakened desire. And it's the precursor to how you get to that question where you can answer an, an asked question, right? And I stole this from, I steal all my good stuff from other people, but I attribute it. You just steal it from me, then you don't attribute it to me until I come <laughs> on your show. I just forget, dude. You, that's yeah, the that's, yeah, that's true. true. <laughs> um, see, I, um, so in, in the first, there's a book called Disarming Beauty by um, a man named Father Julian Caron. And Caron was the Julian Caron. Julian like Caron. You did that real. That was real the way you did uh, that. I, I, I liked yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, he was the person that replaced Monsignor Luigi Gisani okay. in uh, the in the movement Communion and Liberation. Um, he's now been replaced by someone else. Now, but there's a book called Disarming Beauty in Chapter One. He souped to super like simplify Fisher Price it, you know, big picture, big pieces, bright colors. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's like. He goes, look, you meet someone that has insufficient or incomplete answers. They're wrong, right? Yeah. They're a materialist, yeah. right? And they think there's nothing but atoms in the space in between them, yeah. right? Which we, is so empty, it's crazy. We as Catholics, we meet someone with insufficient or incomplete answers, and we go, oh, that guy needs some information. Hmm. Can we get him some information? Does anybody have any information for this guy? And like the bar in the movie Blues Brothers, the, the Western bar that had both kinds of music, country and Western, we have both kinds of information, catechesis and apologetics. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're like, can we get some catechesis apologetics for this person to get him right? And then Caron says, no, no, that's not what the problem is. He says that, he goes, they have insufficient or incomplete answers because they're asking insufficient or incomplete questions of reality. Mm. He says reality is the kind of thing that gives itself freely when it's questioned correctly mm. and in the right way. And then it's like, well, okay, well, how do we get that? How do you, you know, why is he doing that? Why is he asking these incomplete questions? Caron says, because his desire's not been awakened. Mm. So then it's like a big, the obvious question is, well, how do you get your desire awakened? He says the same thing that Plato mm. says about the good. You got to get around someone whose desire has been awakened. When you see people who are alive in Christ, you want it. Now, there are some people who are cerebral by nature right you know fine. and i don't want to be dismissive of that some people you give them the heart the big answers they're going to be like i'm in you know i, I get most it. people will not think their way into the church no i think most do not um relationship my, is my, own, my own experience I, I i saw the beauty of catholics and the joy in their faces and i realized i'm completely dead inside oh my gosh wow. i didn't even know i was dead inside i, I want what they have and, and there's uh that's powerful man i just want yeah. these uh, people come in and they're like I, I mean we saw this here it's like, like i don't know i feel different in this space yeah yeah I feel different yeah. around these people. These people ask me questions and listen in a way that's different. Than, <laughs> so, than someone who must know you texted in, what is the perfect recipe for a pumpkin spice latte? <laughs> the Bible says we shouldn't even speak of the things that are done in darkness. <laughs> it's an abomination. Whaley, yeah. honestly, dude, when, when I, I got you a job at the AI a little bit, right? Kind, I you, you were part of the solution. I was part of bringing yeah. you out to Colorado for a while. And, uh, and uh, I said, I know your guy because I've, I remember having Guinness in Ireland, and it's not the same here. Not even right. close to it. I'm like... Whaley and coffee, that's like Guinness in Ireland. You said this to Moynihan. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. Uh, there's, yeah, what, what is, what's your favorite kind of coffee? Just 
Seriously. It's like asking which one's your favorite kid. You might have one, but you're not supposed to say. Um, I mean, I tend to go. Anywhere in the world, right now. Any coffee in the world right now, you could have it. What is it? Oh, man. I don't know. Probably. A nice geisha? Probably, it might be a geisha, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's possible. I mean, I mean, my desert island coffee, like if I was, like, it would probably be Ethiopian natural of some kind because it could kind of do so much. Maybe Guatemalan natural. I tend to like natural coffees. Okay. Natural processed coffees because they can kind of go everywhere from real clean and elegant to real fruit forward and kind of maybe funky even. They can you, do a do lot. You, you, you like blew my mind and introduced me so many types of coffee I never had before. Like just, because I always thought you had to, you had to flavor and squish some, you know, put some pumps of sugar in there. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're doing it all wrong, man. Oh. Let's have some actual coffee. And, and then he kinda... wept because they were like, she forgot her shepherd. <laughs> That's right, man. I, I really, I want people to see Catholics and think, man, that, that the best coffee in the world, I associate it with Catholicism. That warm fire, I, I associate that with my faith. I mean, the, this right. is how we open the door. It's that patience. And that starts with the Father's longing. I, I think um, a way I'm challenged talking to you is, you know, I think of uh, St. John David Buff, who gave up his life serving the Huron people. And he yeah. died, and he was tortured horribly with them yeah. as their brother. But he prayed, Lord, let me feel the love that you felt for your people from the cross for these people. Let me feel in my body the pain that you felt in the cross for these people. I'm not ready for the second part of that prayer because I'm not nearly holy enough. But that first part of that prayer, like, Lord, let me feel the love that you feel for the person that I think I don't, I'm not sure I even want you to come into our church, right? right? Look, Let look me our, feel that love. Look at what happened. The Iroquois are coming in. The Huron are trying to get him to leave, yeah. right? Get out. And, you, you can get and out. And he's like, no, no, no. So then they kill them, torture them, literally cannibalize them and stuff like while they're alive. Yep. But they associated bravery with truth. And whenever they, after they killed them all, they went, man, did you see how brave those guys were when we killed them? They were probably telling the truth. If they said more, we should listen yeah. to them. That's how we got St. Kateri Tekka with us. Seven years after John David Buff's death, St. Kateri was born. Right. Because they just died Lily, singing. Lily of the Mohawks. Yeah. Right. And so, so that's, it's, it, in some ways, that's easier. Just to go out and do that big giant martyrdom. It's, mm. it's, it's kind it just of, lasts a minute. But, but that day in and day out, serving someone, washing their feet by just with the, the, the normal moves of hospitality and craft, just being present, listening, actually embodying that real empathy. And you can't fake it. You actually have to give a dang. You actually have to care. Mm. You have to actually have to long for them. So ultimately, it comes back to you. It comes back to you. If you're not getting that question, mm. if you got someone that's been in daily community with you for two, three years and you're not getting the question, Maybe yeah. maybe you're not living with an awakened Amen. desire. Maybe you need your desire awakened. Maybe you're asserting an ideology and you're just waiting for the chance to go. Oh, you know, it says in Romans 10, 5, 9, and 10, if you believe in your heart, you're, yes. just, you're just looking for the, the way to hit it and you're not really longing for, you're not really wanting to be with them. Dude, this, so this episode was sponsored by St. John Buff, right? I mean, a perfect analogy. You, you love on these people pour your life out for them, then maybe seven years later, the saint will be born in the tribe that has right. written you off, hates you, and wants to kill you. Uh, but yeah, there's almost, it was almost simpler in the 1600s, more painful, Yeah, required more courage. But this, this, this route, the white martyrdom, they call it, right? Requires yeah. more love. It's not, it's not a bloody martyrdom. You're but just earning the right to be heard. 
yeah. with one one interaction at a time. You're one earning, immaculate at a time. Boy, oh gosh, someone's going <laughs> to use that. Don't use that. Don't. That's the that is an example of what not to do. Stop doing that. I love you, man. I love it, you it's too. great to be with you. Great to hang with you. Calix.org. Calix.org. C-A-L-I-X.org. That is literally my personal cell phone and my personal email on the serious? page. Just, I want to help. There's about 20,000 people watching this. Actually, I just found this out. I literally thought, you know, there's like 20 people watching our show, including my mom and dad. Hi, mom and dad. But then they told me last week. I love your about, mom and dad. I, me too. They told me last week it was like twenty to 30,000 people watching. So, and Lizzie. You're, you're like my fourth favorite <laughs> Stefanik. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. So I want all 20,000 of you to go to the website and text him personally. I just want to watch what happens to your phone. Like I've never – yeah, just no, text tech. him personally. Like, yeah. Dude, great job on the show. And let's see what happens. I love you guys. Great to be with you. Great to be with you, bro. All right, man. Thanks. Go, 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 go change the world for Jesus one latte at a time. Amen. Man, wasn't that great? Listen, if you don't want to be happy, be sure not to subscribe. But if you want a more joyful life – the kind of life that God created you for, the kind of life Jesus promised when he said, I came to give you life to the full, then make sure you hit subscribe and share this channel with everybody you know.